Welcome to the In Pursuit of Branding podcast. I'm Kelly Whitman, a brand strategist, designer, wife, mom, and avid reader. Through my work, I've helped hundreds of purpose-driven businesses build strategy, meaning, and connection into their brands so they can do more good work in this world. You are enjoying this podcast ad-free because of the very generous support of subscribers on Substack. You can learn more and subscribe at kellywhitman.substack.com and continue the conversation about building a people-first business. If you're a service-based business owner, creative entrepreneur, or consultant who wants to build a business doing work you love while also supporting your life, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, friends. I am so excited to introduce you to the lovely Jen Fieldman. She is a business coach and strategist for women navigating the entrepreneur journey. She helps them release what they think they should be doing and discover the unique, no cookie cutter strategies that will work for them. The result, work that fills them up so they can run their business in a way that feels easy, authentic, and aligned. And that word alignment is exactly what we're going to be talking about today in the context of human design. Jen's going to share her human design journey, a little bit about human design, and most importantly, or what I'm most excited for you to hear is how you can leverage human design in your own business and specifically with your marketing. Without further ado, let's welcome Jen Fieldman. Hi, Jen Fieldman. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really, really excited about this conversation because it's going to be all about human design. And so thank you for being here. You're so welcome. I'm excited to be here. All right, let's get the fun out of the way and introduce our listeners to all the amazingness that is you. So can you share a little bit about you, personal, life, professional, whatever feels good to share? Sure. I'm a dog mom. That's my that's my personal claim to fame. Um, but I am a former corporate marketing drone who quit her job with no plan <laughs> in 2018, turned... <laughs> um, accidental entrepreneur. And now I do coaching and marketing strategy for other women business owners. I love that you put in there a uh, marketing drone and no plan, because I think when I think about you and your journey, and we've been friends, I think since 2018, I met you, I think shortly after, maybe it was 2019 early. Um, 2019. After, was it? Okay. Shortly after you quit your job. And it's been so fun to just watch your journey. You work away from like the marketing agency style. And Mm -hmm. that led you to this human design work, which has been so interesting to kind of follow along. And then now how you're integrating that into your work, doing marketing, but in a way that feels good. So how did you first come across human design and what drew you to it in the first place? Sure. Um, (laughs) This is also funny. So it was I think probably late fall of 2020 and I was on Pinterest looking for a recipe (laughs) and um, I stumbled across someone's pin um, and it was something about human design and I had heard a little bit about human design before and I'd run my chart but the first um, there's a website and I guess I'm just gonna call it out Dovian Archive And it's super dry and it's really hard to understand, but that's sort of the first place I learned about it or heard about human design and it didn't make any sense. So I kind of just like put it away. But when I saw this pin and saw this blog post by this woman, it really resonated with me um, the way she spoke because she spoke in layman's terms about human design Mm -hmm. and 
the more I dove into it, and I think the reason it really resonates with me is because it actually, it made me understand myself more. And that was pretty powerful, especially at that time in my life where I was really trying to reconnect with myself and figure out kind of like who I am outside of this former corporate personality. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, to that, I guess a Mm follow-up question would be, well, actually, before I ask that, let's back up because not everyone knows what human design is. So (laughs) high level, could you explain it? Give us like the gist in the layman's Mm -hmm. terms. And then also from your perspective, because I know you've done other personality tests, how do you feel like it's different and why did it Mm -hmm. resonate with you? Why did this resonate with you as opposed to like the Myers-Briggs, the strengths finder? Um, I'm forgetting the other one that starts with a, it's the number Enneagram. Thank you. Numerology. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. All of that. Yes. Go. Yes. So yes, I wasn't sure how far down the rabbit hole you wanted me to go. (laughs) So I paused. So let's start with the difference between human design and some of the popular personality tests out there, like Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinders, Enneagram. The first difference is this is not a personality test. Um, It's not a test and it's not even really about your personality. It's also not something that you self-select the answer to. So Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinder, Enneagram, you're answering questions. That's not what human design is. Human design is a for lack of a better word, framework that was downloaded. So you kind of got to go into the woo with me here um, by a guy. I can't remember his, I think, I don't remember what his real name is, but he changed his name to Ra Uruhu. And it takes into account astrology, the chakra system, the I Ching, which is um, the Chinese book of futures, the Kabbalah and quantum physics. And what it does is it lays out almost, I mean, an operating, (laughs) like an iOS kind of a thing, an operating system for you that takes into account your unique energy. It does take into account things like, you know, time of birth and location of birth, you know, where, where the planets were. And it, it also helps you understand there are things that we were quote unquote designed to do like how we were born and then things that kind of come through he calls it personality but it's it's a lot of the nature versus nurture Mm -hmm. structure so design is almost like hey here's how if you were born and you lived in a bubble like this is how you would operate the best and then personality is like cool but you've been around other people with their thoughts and hopes and dreams and their personalities. And so sometimes you'll hear in human design, they'll talk about conditioning and deconditioning. It is not a cult. (laughs) It is really just, you know, taking into account that we can sometimes get off track and how we are optimally meant to really just kind of be in the world. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's high level in human design. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Can you share a, what your human Mm -hmm. design is and then what are the the different designs and just quick summary of yeah. each of them? Yes, sort of. So, <laughs> so um, I have to say that human design actually ends up being such a 
good example of the onion metaphor or analogy. I always get those wrong, where it's like you just go down layers and layers and layers. And so most people, when they start with human design, they are, um, they'll, they can pull a chart. Anyone can pull a chart for free and you can just Google. Um, I use a, a software called Genetic Matrix. It's just the one I like best. But what shows up first for people is type. And it's not personality type. It is literally energy type. So it's how energy flows within your body. And there are five types. So five types total, but then the nuance comes with all the thousand other things in your chart. The, it's not the, there's no order, but um, manifestors are one of the types. And they are people who are really meant to initiate things. So they can, you know, let's say in the world of business, right? They are someone who has an idea and they, and then they're like, yeah, this is going to, let's do this. They are really meant to initiate things and they can just have this idea, internal idea and start working on it. Generators are a type that and I'm a, so I'm a, five, what's called a 5-1 sacral generator. So my profile, maybe we'll get into, is a 5-1. Uh, my energy type is generator. And my authority, the way I make decisions, is through um, feeling things in my sacral or in my gut. And so generators, they are about 37% of the population. So manifestors are about 10%. Generators are about 37%. Generators are meant do things that bring us joy so for many generators it's work so it's like we need to be passionate about the work we do and if we are not then we are we can be really out of alignment which is super funny as I kind of like learned about that and then looked back on my past jobs like oh cool oh when I was frustrated <laughs> that's a sign that I am out of alignment. And a lot of it was because I was doing work that I didn't love and it didn't bring me joy. But we have as, as generators or what they'll call a sacral, sacral being, sacrally defined in that center, we have consistent access to creative or life force energy. So it's like, if I like what I'm doing, I could do it all day long. It's kind of how I think about it. There's a hybrid type of manifestors and generators called manifesting generators. And they have traits of the manifestor. They have traits of the generator. And depending honestly on who you start learning from, some people will say that, you know, they should, they act a little bit more like generators and how they should approach life and make decisions. And then some will say, nope, they're really more like manifestors for the next type I'll talk about. And so manifesting generators, I think the thing to know if that's what someone is, someone listening, if that's what you are, you are literally the definition of multi-passionate entrepreneur. doesn't mean other people can't be, but manifesting generators, they move quickly. They have a lot of, they can have a lot of creative or physical energy, assuming they're healthy. Um, and they're like, changing their mind because they, a lot, and they're trying new things and they're really, again, they were multi-passionate. So they make a lot of pivots or they can make a lot of pivots, um, which is something I think to kind of give some of the examples. It's like finding out that you are somebody who's supposed to make a lot of pivots in your business 
think how great that would feel versus, you know, for the rest of us who are not meant to do that, or, or I shouldn't say meant to do that, but who do that and like, just feel, I know every time I've had to make a pivot, I felt bad, a lot of shame for it. I don't anymore, but in the beginning I did. So it's just kind of another way of, of, sorry, not way, example of, it's like understanding yourself a little bit better and why you do the things you do really drops a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why human design really resonated yeah. for me, but I'm not done. Okay. Projectors. Projectors. I think if I'm, my percentages are correct. Projectors. And that's what you are, my friend, um, are about 20% of the population. And projectors really, they are, they tend to guide people. So um, they have a they can have a vision and maybe they might not have the, you know, physical energy or the creative energy all the time to do things. And they actually, they don't have a defined sacral. And because of that, they, a lot of times will need more rest, which doesn't mean they have to sleep all the time, but they really aren't meant to like, if for lack of a better word, work until fatigue, like you might do better to tell you're a projector to have like certain, you know, working hours. And once you're done, like, oh, cool. It's three o'clock. I'm done for the day. Not keep working just because you might be interested in something. You might do better to just be like, cool, stopping now, because then you're really respecting your energy, your physical energy a lot more. And then it's so hard. There's like so many details about this that I'm trying to keep (laughs) it as high level as possible. But um, and then the last 1% of the population are what's called a reflector. So um, they're very rare and they, they don't have any what's called a defined energy center. So they really do reflect a lot um, of, of kind of like what they see in other people's energy. And I actually just met a reflector like that I know personally for the first time, I think last week. So, oh my gosh, did you energy. freak out? Were you like, you're so rare? I, know, I feel yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I did. It's like I seeing did. a rare gem. I did. <laughs> yeah. And it's all I can do to not be like sending her all this stuff, like, oh my God, did you know this? Um, but they are, <laughs> I know it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're so cool. I'm like, did you know how cool you are? So, um, yeah. So it's so, Type is where a lot of people start. And I think one of the things that can be challenging is that, you know, the way people will say type, if someone then takes it to mean it's a label or it's a personality mm-hmm. definition, and it's really, it's really an aura type. It's like literally how your energy works with other people and within your own system. Yes. Thank you for that. And I, yeah. I, there's a lot, right. Which I was intentional. I mean, it's an intentional question because what happened to me when I first dug into this is, and I think even for the people who are listening, it's really easy to get overwhelmed because you're like, holy shit, there's a ton here. I don't even know where to begin. So I don't know if I had this question for you, but I'm going to volley it to you anyways, for people who are like, this is interesting. I want to learn more. They learn their type. Is there, and I'm going to say for us as service-based businesses and small business owners, that's kind of the lens that I want to talk about this from is, 
are there one or two things like you mentioned numbers? Like I'm a, you said you're a five, one or a five, two. And then you said the decision center. And I have like, this is filled in. I don't even know, like, that's where you lost, like you would lose me. Um, and if I hadn't (laughs) already, if I didn't know you personally and have been listening to this, I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm done. So someone's brand new. They're already overwhelmed once they get you know, their type and they're like trying to go down the rabbit hole and there's a million and one different, the channels and the fields in and they're not filled in. What are one to two things that they would be the most beneficial to focus on if we want to go at it from this perspective of leveraging human design to support us in our business? Well, thank you for sending that question to me ahead of time, because I do have the answer and I would have had the answer without it, but at least this time I was, <laughs> I thought it through. So yes, it's ext- it can be extremely confusing and overwhelming. And and just, I think if people take away nothing else from, from this, it's like, it's not just you. Like it's a, it is a, it's, it, like this whole thing came from what, six different systems. And the thing too, and I guess I'm just gonna put out a caution first is, there are a lot of people out there who will tell you like, oh, you just need to know this one thing about your human design and then blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh, not really. So where I would recommend people start with nothing else. And honestly, these two areas are the piece that will help you fall into alignment. Again, for lack of a better word, more than anything else. So the first thing is what's called authority. So sometimes you might, you'll see it as authority. Sometimes you might see it as inner authority. Um, trying to, I'm looking up to see if genetic matrix, well, they don't even put that in there. Oopsie. Um, <laughs> but decision making authority. So that's how I, I explain it to people. And I start calling it decision making authority to just kind of start to like reframe it. Mm -hmm. in your mind because that's what I did I didn't understand it for a long time but it's literally how you make decisions okay so that seems pretty easy and the um because we weren't we aren't meant to be making decisions with our mind right (laughs) we just we aren't um we're really meant to make decisions more with our body and Mm -hmm. so there are three I think there's seven total different um, authorities in human design, but the top three that cover about 95% of people, the first one, um, and it's what you have, Kelly, it's called emotional authority. And what that means is that you you are meant to ride an emotional wave before you get to a place that feels neutral, and then you'll have clarity on making a decision. Now, here are my caveats. I'm not emotional. I'm not an emotional authority. <laughs> so I don't know how that feels to you or to people who have it. Um, also, because you're a projector, I'm not as familiar with how some of that might play out versus I know how it plays out for generators because I actually experienced that. But, and it doesn't mean you have to do it for everything, right? It's not like you have to ride an emotional wave to decide what you're having for lunch. It's more like, okay, cool. I say to you, hey, Kelly, do you want to start a group with me? You're not meant to answer in the moment. You're meant to say, 
cool. Let me think about that. And then literally feel how, like, are you really excited? Are you, are you like, no, that's horrible. But it's like, you have to get to this place of neutrality and then you'll find clarity. I love that, that you're, it totally makes sense. And I want to just okay, I can give another example from my own life, yes, which was recent please. of closing, making the decision to step away from, and then ultimately close Witten company. When I had asked myself, as I would imagine 99.9% of um, entrepreneurs do on a regular mm-hmm. basis, whether or not you want to continue on with this entrepreneurship journey, every point up to April of 2023, I would have a visceral negative reaction in my body of mm-hmm. whether like to, and it would be a very resounding, no, I do not want to not do this business. I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when I asked myself that question again and sat with it in April of 2023, I did not have a visceral negative reaction. It was very calming, peace filled. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the word that was just echoing to me was yes, like now is the right time to make this decision and to step away. So I love that you're, and I honestly, I wasn't even thinking about being the projector and I forgot that I was an emotional authority. <laughs> so thanks for the reminder. You're um, welcome. But it's, I, I feel like this happens a lot with human design, especially when I'm talking to you is you'll tell me, oh, that's your sign. And then I, or that's your type, or that's one of the quirks of, you know, being mm-hmm. the projector that you have. And then I can think back and, oh, that's why that felt good. Or that's why that happened. Or that's why I made that decision. And it really felt good or aligned. So mm-hmm. just to, I think, give another, a different perspective yeah. on positive and negative and how that at least yeah. played out for me. So yeah. for you, I know you gave an example of, um, and we've, I have Avery guys. So if you hear any grunts, that's our, my three month, well, not even two month old. So <laughs> could you just give even, you don't have to go through all of the five types, but maybe even for you as a generator, you yeah. know, example or two of how it's come to play or how it's been come to the forefront rather when you're making decisions or as you move through your business on maybe deciding what offers to do or deciding yeah. you had mentioned, I know you have done a lot of pivots. So, you know what, actually, I'm going to take that question back. Could you talk about doing a pivot before? Cause you did mention, you know, guilt, like having some of that shame yeah. and then after learning what that looks like now. So kind of just share a little before and after of how and what human design has done for you in that journey of pivoting. So a a tiny backup. So part of what human design has done for me in general, and this is why I love it so much, is it has released a ton of shame that I felt about certain ways that I would do things before, because I could look back and be like, oh, like it removes this emotion. So generators are meant to master something and then move on. Cool. Guess what? I was a job. I was labeled a job hopper. Oh, well, no, I'm not a job hopper. Like this is why that happened. And this is why I reacted in that way. And so I think it does a really good job of explaining why you do certain things you do. And then for me, it really turned into this place of empowerment, like, cool, I mastered that. And then I was ready to move on. And so bringing that into business and pivots, I mean, part of this, we haven't talked about this yet, but profile is, um, those are the, the lines people will say, and that can actually be, you can think about that as like archetypes or personalities or traits, or like 
a lot of it is just like your gifts. And so one of my gifts, my line one, um, the archetype, I guess, or the label would be investigator, but I love to research things. So you can imagine <laughs> that mm -hmm. as I'm trying to find myself while I'm creating a business, I mean, I'm going down the rabbit hole on all sorts of things. And for my, for line one, going down the rabbit hole is a-okay. But then what would happen, but, and then, so then I would be interested in something. And what I started to do was play around with um, different offers. So we mentioned earlier about numerology. So last summer, I was really interested in numerology and understanding that and how the play of external energy, how we can um, use that within our business to kind of like better understand similar to astrology, like, cool, this is what's going on outside in the cosmos. And like, here's how it's affecting me personally. Like, what does that mean in my business? Well, cool. So I <laughs> went and I threw out an offer that was like, hey, let's do some mini human design and mini numerology readings. And what I was able to do was learn from those. And I think we all learn the more we work with clients or we work within our service, we learn, hey, cool, I like this. Ooh, I do not like this. And it for me, it really is that feeling of um, in my sacral, like my gut will be like, oh, no, we don't want to do this. Or, oh, that's super fun. Like, this is fun. So I've been able to give myself permission mm -hmm. to do some of the, some of the exploration and some of the pivot and I think too, because I've been able to understand myself so much more in general, and that has helped me really, again, like release so much of this like negative feelings about myself, then I'm able to really translate that into something of like, no, I'm not a manifesting generator. So like, you know, I might not always feel like trying a thousand different things, but I don't mind now that I do. I don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of like human design started me on the journey to release a lot of these like things I think I should be doing or how I should be acting or all these different things. And that has had such a broad impact in mm -hmm. how I approach my business in general. Yes. I love that you're sharing that. And it's what's been fun for me to <laughs> on the outside, right. And looking in at your journey is to, I really have been able to see the acceptance and mm -hmm. even the word that you had used was the empowerment of owning the desire to pivot for lack of a better term. Of mm -hmm. Like I'm going to do something like, this is what I'm doing now. And I'm going to try this. And you've, it's, it's kind of like this, you know, you get stuck in this comparison of, well, this is how people are doing business. Yes. So I feel like I should be doing it this way. And for you, at least what I'm hearing, and I know for me as well, understanding human, my human design has given me just another tool to say no, to question what we quote unquote should be doing that the bro marketers yeah, and yeah. the, you know, celebrity entrepreneurs are touting as the one and only thing to do to grow your mm -hmm. business in order to be successful. And it's like, yeah. well, I call bullshit on that. And this is what my energy is saying. So what if I followed that instead of 
having, you know, relaunching my course and, you know, getting my private jet and all the other crap that people share on social media. So that's, what's been really, and I feel like that's kind of also maybe aligned with what you're saying of what I've really felt of like, no, it doesn't feel good for me. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so it's really funny to me because you talked about this a little bit at the beginning. It's like marketing is this thing that I come, I go back and forth with because it is probably, a it's definitely a zone of excellence for me. It's probably a zone of genius, but I have a lot of like baggage around it and how I put things together and, and some of my earlier, earliest clients. And so but what was interesting in the past couple of weeks is I went back and looked at some of my content when I first was starting to talk about authentic marketing, which you helped me see was what I was doing way back, what, in 2020, summer, maybe? Summer of 2020, I think. Yes, we were having drinks um, on a patio with Angela and we we were talking about your offerings. I remember that. Shout out to Angela Divine Knox, who's also a lovely human. Yes. And so I realized that the way I would talk to clients and the way I was structuring how I, I mean, it's how I think about marketing in general. I would literally say things to them, you know, and we talked about this once too. It's like, okay, Kelly, well, how would it feel to do Instagram? Right. Which you were like, bah, still but like, literally, <laughs> right. And, but I'm, I was literally using, how does that feel? Because that's how, because I feel things. Like that's mm-hmm. how I make decisions and feel what's right for me or not. And so it's really been kind of a funny thing to be like, oh, funny. So, you know, when I think about how I've been marrying human design into marketing recently, it's like a lot of my fr- structure and frameworks haven't changed. It's just, I have not only a different language to use, but I can actually help somebody understand what might work best for them or kind of work with them. So it isn't this, because yeah. I don't believe in one size fits all. I think that's all complete BS. I won't go on that soapbox, Oops, getting off it. But I, so it's been, it's been kind of a funny little reflection time for me. And <laughs> full circle <laughs> moment, I think in a certain way yeah. of just being able to identify it differently or explain it differently. Right. And yeah. because I know you have the love-hate relationship with marketing, um, I'm going to yeah. lovingly ask you to share your yeah. best wisdom with us. As you think about what would be, what's one action item that service-based businesses can take to leverage human design specifically in their marketing, um, like something mm-hmm. to like look out for a question that they should be. And I know we don't like that word should, but I'm going to say it anyways, a question that they should be asking themselves or an action that they can take, um, something that they can do even this week to really align, make decisions or to support their Mm -hmm. marketing from this perspective of human design? Yeah, I think so. The thing, the place I would start, and again, this is like the place, this is kind of always the place to start a little bit with the human design experiment. And it's meant to be experimented with. It is, you know, if someone like, look at your marketing, look at your, however you term it, whether it's a plan or strategy, your tactics, your channels, whatever you're doing for marketing. And think kind of like sit with it and think about how do those things feel to you? Because if you don't like doing them, and there's a difference between like, I hate marketing, but I do it, right? Like I hate doing my taxes, but like I do it. 
But if there is something where you felt pressured to do in your marketing, I would let it go. Like think about how it would feel to let that go. Because the thing that I keep stumbling across, and this is part of why I come back to marketing, is there are a lot of marketers out there and a lot of people who say they're a coach for marketing and all these different things. And they are still, they're not, like I do strategy. And to me, I'm like all in on strategy this week and that word, because there's a difference between someone who has successfully marketed their business, who is teaching you what they did. There are, there's a difference between like even a coach for marketing because, and a strategist. And what I mean by this is, and a friend of mine just went through this. If something, if someone comes to me and they're like, I don't like Instagram, I don't care. I can still, you can still have a very successful business not being on Instagram. But what happens is that a lot of people start their business they are doing because it's something they love or they don't want to work for other people anymore like me. And they work with marketing coaches and other and people who do marketing. And what they end up with is like a marketing plan or strategy that they actually really hate doing. Like they really hate doing. Like I will never DM people cold DM. I will never do that. Never. Never in a million trillion years will I do that. It's not, I, I hate it. Like it doesn't feel comfortable for me. And so, sorry, getting off the soapbox again. So what I would come back to is look at your marketing, the pieces that you don't like doing, that you like actually don't feel good doing. You don't have to do those. And, you know, think about something that feels fun to do. What might feel fun to do from a marketing perspective? That would be my advice. I love it. And I'm going to have to um, invite you back for round two and we can just go down the rabbit Mm -hmm. hole of all the shitty marketing tactics and what people can look out for when hiring marketing support. Um, Because I think you and I are in and always have been in huge alignment. And maybe this is just something to throw out there because you just, you talked about it. If you're going to, if someone, if someone's listening and they're looking about hiring or they're looking into hiring marketing support, make sure you're not buying a specific framework that doesn't feel good to you. If that's what the person is selling versus Mm -hmm. if they're selling that they are going to help you with strategy. It's a high level plan. It's not necessarily a certain step one, step two, step three, you know, post on Instagram three days a week, send five DMs and then engage with 15 people. Um, So just be really mindful of what, who the person that you're hiring for marketing and if they're selling their specific framework or if they're more so supporting you on a high level. I just, um, I think that's just needs to be said because there's a lot of, I've talked with a lot of people who come and need support with branding that have invested in marketing that didn't work because they bought someone's one, two, three step Mm -hmm. that they didn't like that they hated. Um, So I thank you for sharing that. And we'll, we're going to put a pin in that one and maybe come back and that'll be season two. (laughs) Yes. yes. And okay. But can I just say this one thing? Of course. And people can message me anytime and I'm happy to talk about this, but the thing, the thing I think it's really important to remember to know, like, let me give you permission to do this. When you are hiring someone for your marketing, and honestly, this could be for any service, you are allowed to ask them questions. You are allowed to say things to them like, hey, can you tell me, like, what is your experience working with, like, spiritual entrepreneurs? I know someone who said that once to um, a potential coach. Like, 
it is okay to interview them. You are their client. You aren't like, you, we, I think, oh, I think this kind of happens sometimes where we, we hire someone and then especially someone who's like, you know, become an influencer and we feel like, oh, we're so lucky to be working with them. Oh, yeah. they're, they are working for us, working for us. We are their client. And so it is a-okay to interview them to decide if they're the right person for you. Hard stop, full stop, yes. put a star yes. asterisk next to that. And uh, yeah, thank you for adding that in because You're we welcome. often forget it. We don't want to offend someone or we don't want them to get upset. Right. And to your point, you know, we're excited to be working with this person because I would imagine it's in some kind of investment. We've seen them. They, yeah. So anyways, yeah. yep. We're going to have that conversation. I promise. Uh, that's going to be definitely okay. on our, the docket for wait. season two. So yeah. I want to end the show by asking you a few questions and I'm officially dubbing this the in pursuit segment. So in pursuit of branding, yeah. I really want to have these conversations about what's working and what's not in business as you're building your brand and specifically from this lens of service providers. It's something that I was looking for and I'm still looking for in the podcast space. Mm -hmm. um, so let's start with just a few rapid fire questions um, that okay. maybe aren't so rapid. I think they are, some can be a little going down the rabbit hole, which is totally fine. So what is the version of success or the vision that you're pursuing in your business right now? Okay. Um, I mean, I'm staring at this question on my screen too. Uh, I would say uh, right now it is, uh, consistency. So, um, I think in feeling like I'm on a, a good enough path to stay consistent with what I'm promoting, the services I'm offering, and um, the number of clients I'm bringing in. Mm. And what <laughs> one or two, even just what's one thing that you're intentionally doing to support that vision? Uh, right now I'm actually actively promoting things. So I'm actively promoting and proactively promoting my services. Yay. So, I know, right. What that means is it means, um, you know, things like, uh, CTA in Instagram posts or at the bottom of my emails, you know, letting people know how they can work with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the last six months or nine, 12, whichever huh. feels the most resonant, what have you tried that didn't work? Or what is one thing that you tried that didn't work? Um, God, I mean, I try so many things that don't work. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not going to answer that differently than you want me to. I'm actually going to say that what didn't work all last year was I spent so much time trying to figure out like, how do I describe my coaching or how do I describe what I do? And I spent so much time basically swirling it in my brain and like trying to figure something out that I did nothing. So what I have done this year is each month I have a focus on something I'm doing. And so some things work and some things don't from that. So an offer that I had in February, I for marketing that I've actually it's so funny because I've promoted it a couple different times and I've got clients but the way I was doing it in February didn't feel I don't know it didn't light me up so I stopped doing that but 
So there's been a lot, that's the thing. It's like, there's been a lot of things that didn't work, but part of what I've been doing is just like trying something new each month. Mm, I, love I don't know that. if that answers your question. Absolutely. There's no, no right or wrong here. So thank you. for. <laughs> it's just sure. a different perspective. Yeah. So on that, you've been saying a lot of yeses, you know, trying new things. Right. What about, what is one thing in the last six, nine year that you have said no to that has really stuck out to you? Um, so I have said no to, I actually said no to hiring a coach. <laughs> so um, have not, I had my last coaching experience was not great. That was a year ago. And so I have been, ex- I've said no to a lot of, honestly, that voice that says, oh my God, but we, we need, we need help. We need someone to do this or mm. we need blah, blah, blah. And that is a very valid voice. But for me, nothing, nobody got past that like hurdle of, okay, do I think this person is really going to help me move the needle? So I've honestly taken a break from having a one-to-one coach myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a big, that's a big set for you. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I would say a little thing that I did is in May, May, my like goal of the month or my thing to do in May was networking. And so I had found an online networking group and I did that. And then I did not renew when Mm. you have to do like three months at a time. And I said no and did not renew. Um, That was something I said no to recently. Yes. Okay. Next one. How do you build connection into your business? I mean, this one, sometimes I kind of feel like a jackass for this, but I, I mean, I kind of naturally do this. Like I know you, myself. You do. And, you are a very great, you know, teacher. like I just kind of do this. So um, it's really important to me to just like get to know people. And, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to create a pretty good support system for myself, both locally and not locally. And I would say that if, or when I'm feeling like I need more connection, Honestly, I love virtual coffees. Like get me on a Zoom or I'm trying a new software and like a cup of coffee and I just want to get to know people and like what they're doing and it's not you know how I can help them and things like that. So yeah. um that is one thing that I do do and if there isn't somebody that I'm just kind of like naturally finding then I'll reach out to a friend and say like hey Kelly, I'm like, is there anyone cool you've met recently that would you think would be interested in doing a virtual coffee? Just kind of like network in a way that feels good. Mm-hmm. You are always my, the first person I go to if I need <laughs> someone. Like I need to, I'm looking for a XYZ, Jen. You're always the first yeah. one to ask because you are so great at just building. I would say the one-on-one connection. Like you're just, you are really, really great and intentional about that. And it's one of the things I love about you. Um, okay. Last question. What does support look like for you right now in this season of business? Can, what do you mean by support? <laughs> you can take that however you interpret it and run with it. There's, okay. yeah, I would love to hear just, um, yeah. How, what's your interpretation? Sure. Um, so support right now probably looks like two different things. Um, one is emotional support, <laughs> my emotional support group. Um, but just, I mean, I do think it's really hard to run a business and, you know, 
be on your own staring at a computer so much. Um, and I do need people in my face and in my aura because I'm a big old generator. But so I'm trying to be, um, to reach out more to even just like phone a friend and see how they're doing. And then I'm actually from a like, call it service or business support. I'm really focusing a little bit more on some of the like doing almost tactical support things. So um, ugh, I just made another freebie, which I'm actually excited about, except I hate making freebies. It's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. I haven't dug into why, but I just kind of hate making them. And so it's like, I've got my friend Tracy on tap who copy edit that sucker when I make her look at it. Um, I'm working with a woman who is like a former sales director in corporate who is studying for her, sorry, master's in astrology. And so she's got this super very interesting and unique way of how to get you focused on content. You don't have to even think about like what you're doing for content. So example would be like we're in Virgo season and something about whatever's in the cosmos this week. It's like she's she actually has us in her free Facebook group. I'm very good at promoting everybody else. Um, and it's like, cool, this week is a good time to like do a checklist, like show people a checklist or show their frameworks or something, mm, cool. which has been kind of fun because it gives me something. Well, I'm a generator. My strategy is to respond to things. So it gives me something to respond to. Mm-hmm. Be like, ooh, that sounds fun or ooh, that does not. So that is what my support looks like right mm. now. Yay. Thank you so much, Jen. <sighs> Hey, thank you. I know everyone's going to love you as much as I do. So where can they go to connect and learn more and work with you and helping them leverage their human design for marketing and all the things just in business and all the things. I mean, and I'm always happy to do virtual coffees with people. Um, So Instagram is where I'm at these days or my website, which is the very, um, (laughs) I was going to say like, I just think it's funny because I just never wanted a company name. And that's been one of the smartest decisions I ever made. <laughs> so every time I pivot, I don't have to worry about my website, but it's jenfieldman.com. Because even if I'm in the middle of constructing something in the background, there's always info on there on how you can reach out and email me. <laughs> and we will definitely include links in uh, the thank show you. notes on that. So people can thank reach you. out and thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you and so good to talk to you too. Yay. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next time.